possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Welcome to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. For today's episode, we are going to be talking about the six-pack coalition, and we'll get to what that exactly is in just a second. Let me introduce my guests. We have Stephanie Freed, who is the Associate Vice President of the Bushnell Center for the Performing Arts in Hartford, Connecticut. Leslie Budney, the Relationship Director of the Warner Theater in Torrington, Connecticut. And Sherry Marcucci, Marketing and Public Relations Officer of the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. And all three are part of the Six Pack. So the Six Pack, I know that usually means something about your muscles or, you know, physique, but I think (laughs) this is a little different, correct, Sherry? That's correct, Stu. And again, thank you for um, giving me and my colleagues here um, that you've introduced the chance to talk about it. The six pack is actually a very clever acronym. And I'm guessing that our CEO at the Palace, Frank Tavira, may have coined this, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. But it stands, the PAC stands for Performing Arts Centers. And um, early on, and I know Leslie has a good story about this, so um, we don't want to miss the opportunity to hear that. But early on, um, at the onset of COVID, the uh, CEOs and executive directors of the six presenting uh, performing arts centers in Connecticut began to meet virtually um, to kind of commiserate, I'm sure, at first, and then come up quickly with some strategies and things uh, to share. And so that's how six pack um, or what the six pack means. Stephanie, you were there, I think, when this whole concept was birthed initially. So if you want to elaborate a little bit for our listeners, that would be great. Yeah, I'm happy to. And also, Stu, thanks so much for for having us and, and for having me um, to talk today. This is such an exciting collaboration. And um, as Sherry said, the six largest performing arts centers in Connecticut aligned early on in the pandemic to lay the foundation for a vibrant return to live entertainment. And like Sherry said, to commiserate. (laughs) I'm sure there was a lot of commiseration. The coalition's primary objectives are to develop and deploy a shared legislative voice, create excitement around all of our return to the live performing arts, and to enhance the patron experience through collaboration among our venues. And those, I think probably here we can talk about who those six are. And I'm gonna go through them, I'm gonna try to do it alphabetically. So we have the Bushnell, we have the Guard Arts Center in New London, the Bushnell, as folks might know, is in Hartford. Then we have the Palace Stamford, surprisingly in Stamford, the Palace Waterbury in Waterbury, uh, the Schubert in New Haven, and the Warner in Torrington, the Warner Theater in Torrington. So those six organizational heads came together and have been talking and, and brought us together, the, the marketing folks for those uh, each of those theaters brought us together to start collaborating, which I am so excited about. But as we think about the, the beginning of everything, Leslie's story, I think we should start there because it is a, 
a really interesting perspective to have of the fear, <laughs> the terror at the beginning of the pandemic. So Leslie. Well, thank you, Stephanie, and thank you, Stu, for having us. So in March of 2020, the Warner Theater was in the midst of transition, and our previous executive director, Lynn Gellarmino, um, was getting ready for retirement. And after a nationwide search, we had selected our new executive director, Rufus Duram, and he was offered the position and took it, which we were very grateful for. And I'm sure there are times moving forward when he regretted that choice because <laughs> day one um, for Rufus Duram was March 20th of 2020. He came into an empty theater with no programming. His entire staff had been furloughed and was not sure exactly what to do as the new kid on the block. So during these really uncertain times, he, like the rest of us, weren't exactly sure what the days ahead were to bring. So he made the wise decision to pick up the phone and call the other CEOs and executive directors across the state of the presenting houses that Stephanie mentioned, and they began a conversation. And he was very transparent and he explained that he needed help and that perhaps the six of them should have a conversation on a weekly basis regarding their organizations, facilities, how to manage COVID in um, an industry that has been crippled. And since then, the six leaders of our organizations have had a weekly phone call every Thursday afternoon where they've discussed partnerships, ways to collaborate, how to engage the community without programming, um, and the Six Pack Collaborative was formed because of that phone call on March 20th, 2020. <laughs> so it's interesting that, that you talk about it like that because this seems like such a great idea, almost like a no-brainer, but if COVID didn't happen, I mean, all all the presenting houses that Stephanie mentioned, they've been in existence for years, decades, and they've never really collaborated. But now because of this, here's this collaboration that in one respect thrown together. But now if you're talking March 2020, this is we're right on the cusp of August 2021. That's what, 16 months of weekly conversations and collaboration. But you're saying something so important to our conversation today because you're exactly right. We hadn't collaborated previously uh, or on a very, very minimal basis and, and, and thought of each other in some ways as as competition, which we are um, on, on the one hand, but as they say, in the darkest of times in those valleys is when we tend to grow the most. And during this 16 month period, not only did our executive directors have time to um, get together and share um, knowledge and ideas and frustrations, but also it began to bubble up into, hey, we're, we're better together. There. And when when one person or one organization is up, we're 
all up. Um, so that is really the genesis of how we, as the marketing people in those organizations, are now working together on a plan um, to relaunch, reopen, you know, throwing our doors open with joy. It's a new way of operating, a new way of thinking, and we're all saying the same things. And we have now our weekly or bi-weekly phone calls, and that is Wow, this is wonderful. So we're now talking about meetings, meetings, phone calls. What are some of the outcomes that you've been having, both maybe at your level, you're talking about with the marketing people, publicity people, and at the CEO level, that as theaters begin to reopen, I mean, I went to the theater a couple of weeks ago. It was an in-person performance. Uh, I know all your schedules are raring to go very soon. So how have the meetings reflected what is going to be happening very soon in Connecticut? There's sort of multiple tracks happening right now. There's each of us preparing for our individual reopening. We open at different times with different types of programming, and um, we're all really excited about that. And as I'm sure, Stu, you understand and our listeners understand, the, the work to bring people back into our theaters is, is big work. But we collectively are working together to create a campaign around the reopening of the live performing arts in Connecticut and sharing collectively that excitement. And we'll be um, unveiling a campaign later this summer, early fall, where we do just that. And we announce you know, the, the idea that it is time. It's time. We're here. We're ready buy your tickets, come enjoy the live performing arts together again. And I'm, I'm really excited for that. I think that one of the things I will say that this has given me personally, this opportunity is to learn so much more about each of these organizations. Connecticut is so rich with the performing arts, all different types of performing arts, right? From our presenting theaters to our dance companies, to our symphonies, to our producing theaters, it's so rich, but I, I had no idea just how rich. And I have really had so much admiration for my colleagues around the state and what they're accomplishing in each of their venues. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. And I hope that this campaign does the same thing for my other Connecticut residents, helping them see if I wanna hear really fantastic music, I should go out to the Warner. If I want to see a great film series, I should head down to the Guard Arts Center. Where better to do that? If I want to see Broadway, I, I have multiple opportunities. I can go to the Palace in Waterbury. I can go to the Schubert. I can come to the Bushnell. There are so many opportunities to enjoy the performing arts. I don't know that people even understand how rich Connecticut is in those resources. And that's been great to, to get to know that. And that's one thing I've said forever. And maybe because Connecticut is so rich, it's just part of the culture. Leslie, you were going to add to that. To piggyback on the theme of learning and Stephanie, I could not agree more. The benefits that have come from learning about the other five presenting houses throughout this process. And I just have to highlight how much I've learned during this process from each of the five other organizations, marketing teams, and um, the excitement that we have around our reopening to feel that energy from five other organizations who have just gone through the same challenges over the last 16, 18 months. 
has brought so much joy to me and my team and to know that we're not in this alone and that together collectively we can continue to build the excitement that we have so to know that we're not alone in this process and to know that there's five others that are on our side are going to cheerlead us are going to support us along the way and again, collectively, we're going to build that excitement about the return of the arts together. You were talking a little bit about the individuals and sort of the overall welcoming back of theater. How has the six pack or, or maybe can you describe how the six pack is working together to define what you've just talked about? So the Bushnell. OK, we have our campaign. The palace has the campaign. Warner. What is the group doing together to kind of spread that message? Well, one of the things we did, we met early on um, and, and shared ideas and thoughts. And then we kind of took those and looked, you know, sifted through and said, how are we going to accomplish this? And we were smart enough to realize that we needed some outside help with that. And so we have enlisted um, through an RFP process an outside uh, advertising agency to help us be able to execute the, the ideas. And it's interesting that we all really were on the same page in terms of what should that message be? How should it look? Uh, what's, what's at the, the crux of why we're doing this? And I was just amazed at how quickly we had consensus. I don't know how the rest you ladies feel, but that to me was amazing. It's such a collaborative group and that, it, and you know, yes, to coming to, to agreement, but it, the group just listens and responds and, and it, it is a true collaboration and that's been really great. I think in answering your question further, so this initial piece is collectively celebrating a return. We're gonna be super excited because we're all going to shows. It's no big deal. We're going to shows, we're seeing all kinds of things. But the, the collaboration will continue. We're going to continue to work together. You know, we at the Bushnell love that we can share that Steve Martin and Martin Short are coming to the Palace Stanford. And we have an audience who, who saw them when they were in Hartford years ago who might want to go again or who missed them when they were here because the date didn't work and it's an opportunity. We love that we can share that information. Um, you know, the Warner is reopening. We were thrilled to, re to, to be able to share their reopening announcement on our social media. And I think seeing those kind of collaborative messaging opportunities, but I know that as our group continues to work together, I think we might find, and there have been no decisions here, but I think we might find opportunities to provide benefit to our individual subscribers, members, donors across the different organizations. And, and there are no specifics about that yet, because as I said, we're all pretty busy just getting open and celebrating that. You know, the, the work persists. It doesn't stop when our doors are open. Why don't we take this opportunity to stop right here for a short break, and then we'll be back and talk more about the six pack. So please stay tuned. We'll be back with more Broadway buzz after this short break. Where can you hear the best music from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's go on with the show. 
We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward at whatever pace is right for you. Whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones, whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love, Webster will help you take your next steps on your time. Welcome back to the Broadway Buzz. My name is Stuart Brown. I'm the host of this podcast series, and we are talking about the six-pack collaborative effort between the presenting theaters in Connecticut. And my guests are Stephanie Freed, Associate Vice President of the Bushnell Center for the Performing Arts in Hartford, Connecticut, Leslie Budney, the Relationship Director of the Warner Theater in Torrington, Connecticut, and Sherry Marcucci, the Marketing and Public Relations Officer of the Palace Theater in Waterbury. The other members of the six-pack are the Guard Arts Theater in New London, Connecticut, the Palace Theater in Stamford, the Schubert Theater in New Haven, Connecticut. And we were talking just before the break about the collaboration and moving forward, that this is not going to be, in a sense, a one-time thing that once the uh, pandemic is finally over, we cross our fingers, that it's not going to be, hey, this was a great opportunity, nice meeting you, but we'll see you at the next pandemic or something, that this is going to continue. So what are you looking forward to with the six-pack as theaters reopen and people get more acclimated back into doing what they used to do? One thing I'm looking forward to is sharing knowledge and information as the world of marketing has I've been with the palace. I'll be starting my 17th year in November. And it's amazing to me how quickly and deeply that the industry of marketing has changed in that short period of time with the advent of digital and all that entails. I mean, it's just been at warp speed. And so in my mind, that's an area that's going to continue to evolve. And so sharing changes within our industry, our field, and how best to use those tools that are available to us to um, market our product is, for me anyway, one of the benefits. I also see benefits in just creatively um, coming up with ideas for programming that we can share Um, with our execs and say, hey, here's a thought. Have we thought about this? So that that for me is is one of the benefits of this group. Leslie? Yeah, I think too, going back to uh, Sherry's opening, when when we look at the previous model among the six of us, we always were very cordial and worked together when it was appropriate, but we would not have the opportunity to cross-promote one another, support each other the way we do now. It was a very easy transition for me going from the competitive spirit that we had a touch of to now this collaboration. And as we continue to learn from each other and and be able to cross-promote, at the end of the day, our patrons are our primary focus. And now I consider the patrons of the Guard Arts Center and the patrons of Palace Stanford and Palace Waterbury and the Bushnell and the Warner as our patrons as well. So we're collectively going to build that base without the concern of my donor going to the gala at the Bushnell or vice versa. 
So I'm thrilled that I think that's the spirit and the energy we'll have moving forward. And I do um, have to note our legislative voice and how much louder we have become as a coalition versus our individual silos seeking the same type of legislative support. So that's another piece that moving forward, I think, can only grow and benefit all of us. That's a very good point, Leslie, because, I mean, the arts are such an important part of not only our daily lives that make a difference, we see the world, but also as an economic driver for the state. And, you know, we've heard this time and how every dollar, you know, it's returned like sevenfold. So, you know, we, we are so appreciative of people like Senator Blumenthal, who has really championed um, our individual venues um, and helped us through this time. And he recognizes, and some of our other legislators certainly do as well, how important the arts are to not only the culture of an area, but also its economy. When we see um, our populations, when we look at the totality of patrons of each of our six organizations, and we, we did this, we layered it on a heat map to see like how many folks are supporting the arts simply just through the six of us. I mean, again, we talked about the, the breadth of arts in the state but it is significant and that's powerful, right? Our legislators work for us and for us to be able to, to indicate to them, no, there is, a, there is a strong population in Connecticut that believes in the importance of the arts, the power of the arts. And you know, we want you to recognize that. And Senator Blumenthal and, and our other representatives, they absolutely do. And they worked tirelessly as, as Leslie, or as um, Sherry said, on our behalf to, to get through the Save Our Stages legislation, which is now the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant Program. That was so meaningful for all of us. And I think the six-pack had a lot to do with raising the profile of that need. I think anyone in the state would agree if you asked, are the arts important? But like with everything, if you're not organized, if there's not a coalition, then you have all these separate voices. And I think one of the strengths is like, again, like Leslie said, is being able to present one view and also to almost be a template for other arts organizations in the state to say, hey, look what they did. And they're getting a lot of good PR about this. They're getting a lot of what they want done. Maybe we should do this too. And also, I think, again, what Leslie said is who benefits from all this? It's the residents. You know, the more that is, is shared, the more people know. I know sometimes in Connecticut, if you have to drive 30 minutes, it's an eternity. And it, it really isn't. You know, and there is so much that if you really want to see a good concert, boy, if that concert or production was in New York, you know, you're going to drive two hours. You're going to put up with traffic and eat at overly expensive restaurants and, and park and all this. You could do the same with a fraction of the time and see the exact same thing. So I think that to me is one of the strengths of this coalition is to really spread the word and, and working collaboratively, I think is just a fantastic idea. That's a great campaign. I'm just thinking in my head, you know, you have the, the campaigns that we all know, like I love New York. Well, I love Connecticut's art scene. Wouldn't that be, you know. I get royalties. <laughs> of course you do. There's really just so much opportunity in this being collaborative opens so many doors and windows and, 
and opportunities. You know, I think about companion programming where we have something at the Bushnell in a certain genre and another thing, but in that genre is happening. I'll just use the folks here in, in this conversation at the Palace Waterbury and in Warner at the Warner and that we're able to, to meet a need in the market with these things and, and cross promote them and, and coordinate that versus thinking about, well, I don't want to do this jazz show because Palace Waterbury is doing a jazz show. I think we can both do a jazz show and open it up for those who love that. So let me ask a question. I I know everything is focused now on in-person, but are you also keeping some realm of virtual? And and the reason I ask is because that to me would be a perfect way to cross-pollinate because then you don't need to drive or park. So I don't know if, if any of the venues have talked about virtual programming, and if so, helping each other promote the virtual programming in addition to their programming at their, we'll call it their home campus. A very interesting topic, I'm sure, among all of our organizations. We've been discussing it at length and moving forward and reopening and how that is going to look. COVID has certainly changed how our patrons receive programming. I'd be interested to hear from Sherry and Stephanie how far those conversations have gone within your organization. We are in the midst. It's been a topic for the past 10 days among our team. So we're certainly considering the options. I'm going to be honest and say that we haven't made that a focus yet because we're focused, of course, on helping people feel at ease coming back. And so that, since that is at this time, our main um, product, our, our main way to get people to our product is in person. And we, we really want to help them, you know, get over whatever um, barriers that may or may not exist in reality um, be there. So they'll come through our doors. So in terms of virtual, I think it has a place in the future. And as Leslie um, said, it, we all change the way we do some things. But I know for myself, I'll speak for myself as a patron of the arts. I haven't thrown out the baby with the bathwater. To me, there is nothing, nothing that could ever be better than that live experience um, where you get the goosies, where, you know, the, the hair on the back of your neck is raised because it's so exciting. And just so that kinetic energy that flows when you are in the middle of that experience. Sherry, for the record, your answer to that question gave me the goosies. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it true? We all know that. We often, I know I have one show in, in particular, well, two actually, but I can still recall how I felt being a part of that experience. And it was awesome. And, and no stream is going to replace that. I'm totally stealing that phrase, the goosies. Like that's now like, that's one of the things I'm just going to say. Um, we talk about it as the building vibrating. Like there are nights when you're in the theater and it is like the buildings vibrating with the energy of the crowd over what's happening on stage. I love that feeling. At the Bushnell, we did over the pandemic, we did a handful of virtual programming, maybe a little more than a handful, but not two handfuls. We didn't have a ton of response to that 
The one exception was our virtual uh, presentation of Hip Hop Nutcracker, which blew up. It went viral around the world. We had people watching from 17 countries. It was crazy. It was crazy. And and we still don't fully understand how that happened. Um, As things, when they go viral, you don't necessarily know what it was that created that. But I don't see us um, doing a ton of virtual. Obviously, that's the landscape as it looks today. You know, we all know that things are changing rapidly. We are having a conversation, though, about our gala when, you know, our gala is next March. Will it be a hybrid? Will it be solely in person? Trying to figure that out. I think we'll keep a lot of our things like our um, biweekly web series. Those things I think we'll keep. But in terms of ticketed virtual programming, I don't know if we're going to see a ton of that. Again, assuming things kind of stay the way they are now, I don't think we'll see a ton of that in this next year. But even this conversation about that right now is so informative because, you know, Leslie, that's, you know, you're being cutting edge in in that way to be having your team really talking about that as a hot topic right now or something you even want to, you know, not want, but that you are talking about. So that's what I love. I love hearing fresh ideas um, as part of the collaborative. And, you know, it's a collaborative and a coalition. The coalition helps us have a strong voice where we need to come together and have that strong voice. The collaboration is when we can share ideas and feel safe in doing that. Sherry mentioned this, and I know this obviously is on the, at the forefront of everyone's mind, is once your theaters really reopen. We're in the summer planning. I know starting in the fall, it's full steam ahead. What are you hearing from your patrons about reopening? I mean, I know Sherry was mentioning about making them feel comfortable, welcoming environment. Are people a little anxious? Are they open those doors and I'm coming through? And I think each individual organization has had a way to connect with our patrons and ask those questions. Uh, We did it at the Warner via survey, constant contact. And so we had an idea of the resistance, not only if our patrons were willing to return, but if so, when. We've had an overwhelming response of people post-vaccination ready to come back. The lights are on, they cannot wait to get through our doors. And once again, when you look at our six pack, the organization, the firm that we're working with for this um, reopening campaign took all of our patrons and and did a similar survey across all six. And the results are coming in currently and shifting. But once again, now we have representation statewide about the comfort level, not just within our region. So I don't know, Steph, if you want to share a little bit more of the results from the firm. Sure. And I will first offer when um, it, it made me smile and, and it speaks to, I think, the, the Warner's um, meaning to its community. When you guys shared a link to that survey that you're talking about, I, I think in 30 seconds, you had all these people. I am so there. I am there. I am ready. Like They're so excited to come back. And I think that just speaks volumes to the community that, that you guys have created around the Warner Theater. We're seeing folks ready to come back. Largely, you know, they're ready now. I think that we will continue to see the Bushnell is part of a larger um, surveying project nationally. Um, it's called the Audience Outlook Monitor Survey. 
I'm seeing the results there for Bushnell patrons really mirror the results of the survey that Leslie's talking about. And it is broadly a desire to come back like now. We are seeing that when asked about vaccination status, the majority, vast majority um, of the patrons responding, which in, in each deployment of the, the larger nationwide survey, patrons that are responding, it's, you know, it's about 4,300 that get emailed that survey. And we have a really strong survey response. They are in high 70, low 80 saying I'm fully vaccinated. It's 95% of people who are at least partially vaccinated. So I think that our, our patrons are getting vaccinated and our patrons are so ready to return. I think another indicator is just, I, I'm sure we've all launched, have put big shows on sale. And the early indicators are our subscribers have come back in full force, new people, which is very interesting to me. I think everybody has just had, they're tired of not participating fully in life and certainly theater, any art form, really, you know, that's a way we participate in life and get pleasure and interact with other people in the social aspect of coming together in our, uh, at our venues. It's a night out. It's community. It's, hey, how have you been? I haven't seen you. You know, people love that socialization aspect that coming to a live event gives them the opportunity for. So I'm excited because our numbers are good right now. I think uh, a good example of that is when we were forecasting our season and programming for the fall and for reopening, we had to consider the potential of social distancing. So we intentionally booked some cover bands who are outstanding, but traditionally don't fill our room just so we would have, you know, six to 700 seats sold and potentially be able to distance. And traditionally, like I said, those cover bands don't sell as well as other acts and they tickets are flying out of our box office for these bands. I, I know we could talk for a long time because I, I think this is such an important collaboration. And again, not only for the individual venues, but also really, as was stated before, for the patrons. I mean, they are the ones that are going to benefit. And it seems from what the three of you are saying as far as programming and ticket sales that something is working. So I want to congratulate you and hope that this does continue. Thank you for coming on to the Broadway Buzz. Just want to thank again, uh, Stephanie Freed, who is the Associate Vice President of the Bushnell Center for the Performing Arts in Hartford, Connecticut. Leslie Budney, the Relationship Director of the Warner Theater in Torrington, Connecticut and Sherry Marcucci, Marketing and Public Relations Officer of the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown. I want to thank you for listening to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. Again, my name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me on our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway buzz. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place.